we're dealing on, with altars this morning. And we discover that altars are everywhere. There's not one place in the earth that altars don't cover. And it all depends on whose altar uh, the spiritual realm finds out which is stronger. And so they come and they control regions based upon what's going on at the, at the altar. Spirits don't just come. They just can't do that. They must be invited in. They control regions, families, homes, and the like. And um, we discovered a couple of things last week is that if you, if you don't address the altar that you come out of, religion, people that have been so-called people praying for you, or whatever. Um, you, you, you know, when, when, when I called for intercessors, I, called for, I gave them clear instruction what they must pray for. You don't stand and pray and say, Lord, I hope he gets well. Somebody say, I am. I am. Don't let people pray for you and say, oh, my brother, you know the Lord giveth and taketh away. I say, not time to taketh away now, my brother. we got work to do in the earth. So I don't want to hear about your story and your hope because hope is very good for you. But hope works against your faith. Because faith is, faith is now. So I had to stand with this headache and the craziness stuff going in my head at midnight. And the Lord said to me, what are you going to say? I said, I am healed. Everything in my body says, you know. He says, say what I tell you to say. And don't turn, turn off that scripture to tell you that on condition of... You know, if you obey me and serve me, and then I'm going to, if you, I'll take all these diseases away from you. I'm like, uh, all I'm dealing with is condemnation because I can tell you a couple of things I haven't done. So the enemy works on condemnation. And he wants to separate you from what belongs to you. I had to start saying, I am. Somebody shout, I am. You're going to be blessed. Say, I am. Don't let the enemy ever separate you from the altar of God and from the right confession. It'll change your life. Nine months of rehabilitation, nine days. And to God belongs all the praise and all the glory. I'm going to make the altars very simple for you. We've been doing that, simplifying it so that an eight-year-old must understand it. Because... There's somebody sitting in this room today that you don't really know who you are. You don't even know why you're really here. And you're struggling even just to get up and just like, but there's something about my life and I know God's got a plan for my life and the enemy's trying to keep you and remind you about your history. But this is a new day and his mercies are new every morning. And God's propelling you into your destiny. It's happening in this place. If you can put up that picture for me, I wanted to show you the four, the four things that's critical for every altar. So... On that altar, the Jewish people the same. I mean, people, I mean, and various things. And, you know, some of them are good intentions, but some of it is actually demonic. We know that there's witches and different kinds of stuff, you know, hexes and, and people opening up certain portals because they know 
Number one, there's power that comes from it, from every altar. And also, money flows in the, in the direction of spiritual power, righteous or unrighteous. That's why Pharaoh could build what he could build. And when they came out of Egypt, when they got all the money, they built another calf and said, this is the God that delivered us. Are you with me? So God is trying to shift you off from the altars you, you, that is, you, you've been suffering under. People have been perishing under other people's altars that they've raised. And they did it in ignorance. And some of it in desperation. Because, you know, you, you can get in your car now, you can drive. I think of my mom and dad. They couldn't go anywhere. I mean, you had to attend the local assembly right here. We couldn't go beyond that. And whatever was preached there, you would just, you know, go for the East Egg hunt and... What did they say at Sunday school? I, I don't know. But... Okay. But here's the point about every altar. Please watch this. Everybody on this earth, number one, is pushing an idea. And if that idea suits their agenda, from Scientology to whatever the enemy is trying to throw at people, he doesn't care how many other altars you raise. If it's a righteous altar, he has a problem. Are you with me? He doesn't care if you get involved in any other. It makes like, like every other altar is richer. The people are doing better. They're being promoted. And he'll do anything to try and shift you off from a righteous altar. And God's not changing his mind. So rather I change mine. But every altar is pushing an idea. And they have hierarchies and they have the brotherhood. And we know that when you come into a certain circle, I'm not going to get into all the different religions, but we know of one particular one is that all the newcomers, please sit this side. All the elders, please sit here. And that, you being promoted, you sit in the slide. Yeah, they got it. The brotherhood, they come together and there's a whole way of coming in and they promote you through the ranks depending upon your sacrifice, depending upon your understanding. Every altar has an idea. Every altar has an altar. It's a physical structure, a place you go to, a room you enter into, a coven, a, a mountain, whatever you're going to do. There's a place that you go to and you gather with people in whatever chants or hexes or curses or prayers or whatever people send from there. They believe. But they do open up portals, right? I mean, when you came, they came to Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, what? You can turn this thing into a snake. He says, we can also. So you can't be impressed with signs and wonders. You've got to be impressed with the word of God. Because signs and wonders follows the word of God. Amen? So at an altar, you will find a couple of things, but... Let's just understand that every one of them, they identify with certain things. So you'll find them either by their dress code or you will find there's certain th images on, if you're watching uh, the New World Order and what these guys are up to, you'll find their images in the movies. You'll find them all over in Israel. It's, it's just agendas and people identify, identify by certain things that they do. But there's an identity that goes with every one of them to separate who's who. And they have certain codes and the like that separates them. But then there's also this thing about history. And so they all have a history and it's based upon various things. But it's important just to understand that when you come onto this altar, these are the four things that exist. Number one is that if you're dealing with the altar, there is an actual physical place you go to where you can put in your offerings, you praise and worship, you get your word coming from there. Um, but your identity is made clear when you come in here is that 
Um, just give me the second slide with Father, Son, and Holy Ghost and what we are busy with. So you've got a history. Your history is no longer um, the Holland name. When Jesus came onto this altar and he started raising this altar and they said, your mother and your fathers had the door, or your mother and your brothers and, and your father, your, 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 your mother and, and your, your sisters and, and brothers, he says, who's my, who's my family? The ones that are doing the will of God with me. Because he's here to do the will of the Father. So his history is that he is fathered from above. I'm sure they must have mocked him. You say, yeah, your mother said you came by the Holy Ghost. Identity is the son. He gives you identity. 152 identification scriptures. It's in your Bible. History, you have a father in heaven. If your mother and your father forsake you, the Lord will take care of you. At the altar is where the spirits are released. So there's unrighteous and there's righteous spirits. So you keep invoking that Ouija boards and stuff. Well, now you know why you're being tormented. Because those things don't play nice. Can't sleep, dreams, blah, blah, blah. It's because what doors in the spiritual realm are you opening? You watch that heavy movies late at night. You know what I'm talking about? Blood everywhere. Ghosts are chasing people. I don't even watch that stuff. It's like, who goes to bed with that stuff? <laughs> You're opening up doors. You're giving your spirit access to those things. So the idea when you came in here, there is an idea. It's called the kingdom of God. God's going to help me this morning. There's plenty to get through. So, four things. One is the idea. It's called a high place. It's a stronghold. It's ideas that people hold on to and will not let go. They left the church because I spoke about pickle fish and hot cross buns. They'd rather hold on to that than to receive the kingdom of God. So you're in a season where every high thing must come down. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Who said you must go back and find which altar they raised and which auntie said what and checking tea? I mean, you got time for that nonsense. How about just going to church and understanding Jesus? Listen, we're not trying to go and repair the old. We're just building the new from the ground up. Somebody say amen. For the weapons we're fighting with, they're not carnal. They're mighty through God. There are thoughts in people's minds. There's somebody that's a multimillionaire in you, but you don't have a cent in your pocket. But you don't know who you are. And the strongholds in your mind has told you you're never going to become anything because of your history, because of your mistakes. But the devil is a liar. You are in the kingdom of God. Every high thing must come down. You got divorced. You made a mistake. You got yourself into trouble. God's bringing you out. The kingdom is here. Somebody shout amen. Fight that thing, honey. Don't let that devil rent space in your head. Lift the rent. Come on, raise the rent and kick him out. It's a new month. 
and anybody has been renting space in your mind you've been told it nonsense do you understand it's a good day to go in there and say actually i'm putting you out i'm putting you and your mother-in-law out i'm putting the children out i'm putting out every demonic thing lock that door and tell him that this is a new day mm -mm -mm. You give that devil a gap, he'll come, eh? Ah, pretty party stuff. The Lord says, what are you doing? I mean, you can only be, you can, I can, you can either be pitiful or powerful, but you can't be both. Make up your mind, you're not a victim. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Far above. Far above. Oh, I need to get in the word. Jesus. So, when this youngster, let's just quickly go to Chronicles. We'll come back to this. Because he has to deal with four things. In every altar, in your home, in your life, if you really want to see the power of God in your life, you have to deal with all four. You understand it? And you get into it? You know who you are? Nobody will be able to manipulate you. Nobody will be able to call you into different places and, and, and you don't know who you are. Youngsters, listen to me. I don't have a problem with education. I got a problem with the fact that they want to change your history. That if you say, our father, then everyone's like, you're going to pray? Yes, I got a history. He's my papa. He's Abba. Don't let the universities in that rush of those youngsters. It's like you get overwhelmed by that stuff. Because now you've got an identity. My identity is in Christ. No, no, no. You can mark a male, female, X, anything, blah, blah. And like they, they keep changing things. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in Him, you live, move, and have your being. Can somebody just say amen? You don't go to university so they can change you. Their information is changing all the time. The Bible says in these end times, knowledge will increase. It's happening. But they're looking to change those four things. One is your history. Don't pray the Our Father. In in schools anymore. Don't pray the Our Father. Don't, don't, no, no, don't talk about Jesus. And even Ascension Day. Don't talk about that stuff. They're trying to change your destiny that God has got for you. Are you with me? So this youngster is eight years old when he became king. Second Chronicles 3 verse 1. Josiah. And he reigned for 31 years in Jerusalem. But God puts a special grace upon this boy. Keep on going. What did I say there? And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David. He did not turn to the side, to the left or to the right. And so... Yeah, let me just give you the foundation of this thing quickly. So, for in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, so 188, he starts as an eight-year-old, years, eight years later, which is a new beginning. He's 16 years old. He began to seek the God of his father, David. Now, please watch. I'm going to show you the levels of elevation. I'm going to teach you how to work, walk with God and get promoted in his kingdom going God's way. Because the world wants to think that greatness is a worldly principle. It's a kingdom principle. God promised to make your name great. So I'm going to show you how. I'll make it as practical as possible so you can really understand. So in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, you must begin when you're still young. Don't wait until you're 99. You say, I just want to serve the Lord. 
Worth what, buddy? Worth what? <laughs> oh, and I found out that, you know, you can't say foot sack because in certain cultures, it's a swear word. Okay? So I apologize for that. So I just tell the devil, okay, go to hell. You and your aunties. So he removes the images. The images, the identity that they worshipped at. He burns all of them, the carved images, so he has to go to, um, he purges Judah and Jerusalem of their high places. So number one is the high places, the idea, that thing that they, it's elevated, they go to that place to worship that idea. It's a high place. He, he goes, he goes, he begins to purge whatever's in there. Then he's got to go to the identity. And he takes all the carved images down. Watch now. And, and molded images. Keep on going. I think we're on verse Chronicles 34, 3 to 7. Let's keep going. Four. They broke down the altars of the Baals in his presence, and the incense altars which were above them he cut down, and the wooden images, he, the carved images, and the molded images he broke in pieces, and he made dust of them and scattered it on the graves. Of those who sacrifice. That means he, he, he goes and he deals with the high place. He then goes to the identity. He then goes to the history. Everybody with me? He's got to take what they did because based upon their history, those spirits are remaining. And people are still worshipping. And it's a foreign God. But he says, what we've done over here, we dealt with your, your high place, your idea. We've dealt with the images and we've cast it on the graves. We're cleaning up the history. Are you with me? This is really good. He also burned the bones of the priests. He cleaned up that history. The bones on their altars. He cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. So he starts something brand new to honor God at the altar. That's what you're busy coming into this church for. So he did it in Manasseh and the like. And all around he did it with Axis. So you, you need to understand these levels when you come into the kingdom of God. So this young boy, he's eight years old. He then goes in and he... He starts to seek God seriously when he's 16 years old. But four years later, he's 20, and he starts to purge the places. He cleans up. So watch the process. He's got a new beginning with God. When he gets to 16, eight years in his reign, he now seeks God with all of his heart. It's personal. You don't hear about him for four years until he steps out as a 20-year-old and he cleans up everything around him publicly. So the level is it's first personal. Then it is public. And then you reign. There's three levels I want to speak to you about this morning. There's a reason why certain people are not coming in. And I believe it's only because we haven't taught it properly. And from today, you are going to begin to understand some things. And you're going to see when temptation walks in and how the devil wants to change the altar that you worship at and what it really, really means. And if you study every single one of them, you'll find these three levels. David was anointed three times, not just once. But every stage of anointing deals with, it's like new level, new devil. Now you know what I've been through. That means that there's something coming here. I mean, if you're telling me, you, listen what they told me. They said, you know, do you understand that you are one in 50 million that gets this, that got this thing? 
That means I, it's possible I'm the only person in, on, uh, in South Africa. You mean to tell me the devil can go around and say, uh, uh, if I can pick on anybody today, I'm coming to that house. And you thought I'm one in a million. Fifty million, Baba. Fifty million. Let's get, let's get into some stuff here. Let's understand Jesus. And I want you to understand when the devil, when, he, when you begin to deal with altars, how the altar must alter your life. If you want to move up with God and you want to see the spiritual power you're looking for, there's a couple of things that is really, really important for you. And so Jesus, who now came to raise this altar in the earth because the curse was here, he now has to go and he has to die on the cross because, quickly put up the seven things, we'll come back to, and then we're going to Matthew chapter 4 verse 1. Give me the seven, what did I put it out as? Something, keys. Anytime you come to an altar, you come to a church, or, you, or to, to any place you're going to go, you're going to find structure. The mosque will let you know. The synagogue will let you know. Any place you go to, there's a structure. And there's a sacrifice that must be made on that place. There's also worship. They have their own chanting and their worship. And um, if you go to India, where we went to, there's some crazy stuff. That they invest in billions and billions of that industry. Religion keeps people busy. It's a form of, of, of godliness, no power. A form of religion, no power. Elevation. The more people serve the way they do it and make sacrifices and, and spend time around those altars. Those, there are structures in there that promotes people. Listen to me. There's no original idea. They took this from the altar of the living God. We did, we're not copying them. Satan is the counterfeit. He's the one that came to fetch and find out how the structures work in the kingdom. And he is the one that said, now go and start up any other religion and build it like this and let people know when they come in there and they make sacrifices, we promote them to a high priestess. You get it? It's in every religion. You go and give yourself to any idea. From Seventh-day Adventists to, to Jehovah, go, go. And you'll find out the number of people, the doors you knocked on. You put your number down. Maybe you're part of the 144,000. They're going to promote you. It's called elevation. Every religion has got it. Every altar's got it. Why are you struggling here? Why are people struggling here? I got it. I'm going back to the... I think it's only because they don't understand. Let's keep going. Because everybody, when they come on a sun, on whatever they, they meet, they reinforce their belief system. They give you the backing of why they say so. And their history. And your identity. And what powers you can call on in the spirit. Because we're going there. They give you some kind of future or security or whatever. They have a belief system. And then there's a value system. And that's the reason why even when you send our youngsters to the universities, you can't come back with their value system. And tell me, like, you know, you, let me just tell you what I studied and what the lecture told me. Let me not use that word again. Seven is there's a culture around those people. 
And for many people, it's a culture. So in this culture of kingdom, we're expecting you and anyone to walk through these doors broke and then break the chain. We're expecting people to come in here in broken pieces. And God puts their lives together again at the altar. A broken home, a broken marriage, a, a broken business. A, come on, somebody. He came to give you life and life in abundance. Is anybody going to just give him some praise at this altar? Can somebody just thank the Lord for His goodness and His grace? Can somebody thank the Lord that He's brought you to this place this morning? Someone's chains are falling this morning. I'm saying this because I don't want you to think that you are so unique. That there's nobody else worshipping, nobody else having an altar, nobody else getting involved. I want you to know today you are not, we are not that just the only people. What I'm trying to show you is who you are, what you belong to, and where Jesus fits in all of this. And this power that you're walking by. That's all I'm trying to do. And show you what your value and your worth is. And the power that's actually on you. Stop rejecting the altar and what God wants to do in and through your life. Because we're going somewhere. Can I show you where you're going to? Watch this. Watch this. Matthew chapter 4 verse 1. Matthew's account of the temptation is really interesting for me. Because he builds on something that, please know today that <laughs> that murderous spirit of sacrificing stuff on an altar came after when Cain killed Abel. What did he kill him for? A sacrifice. God accepted the one told him, why don't you go to your brother and let him teach you how to raise an altar. You don't bring me your old vegetables and your fraught carrots. I wanted blood on the altar. I received blood. He gave him of the best and the fat of it. He killed the best and God received it and told his brother, now don't get mad that I received his and I didn't receive yours. Why aren't you going to learn from him? Because he raised an altar and I've received it. Now I'm telling you, sin is at the door. Don't get jealous for someone else's breakthrough because they got it right with Bill Winston and that God's going to open up new doors for them. Come on, don't get mad at the volunteers. Don't get mad at the people that are getting it right. How about you just learn? Uh-huh, that's good preaching. Because their breakthrough is on its way already. So Cain kills Abel because God warned him. He says, now listen to me. Your brother's got this thing right. Go and learn from him and bring me the first and the best. Because on this altar, we don't take second best. You don't give God your leftovers. I don't come here and negotiate and say, well, I think I'm going to just, you know, I'll just pretend. Oh, can I tell you how much I gave? No, God sees everything. Jesus looked at the offering of an old woman and said she just gave one mite, two mites, and said she gave more than anybody else because God looks at the offerings. Don't kid yourself. 
People don't get promoted just because there's a whole lot of personal things that happens when you get into the kingdom of God. That you rearrange your life, your time and the like. Here is my scripture. Three levels. Three temptations, three levels. Here we go. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Watch now. It's personal. So, he's hungry. Satan addresses him at the lowest level. This is the first one. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. I mean, you're hungry, right? So you can take care of your personal needs first. So the first level of temptation is that, am I willing to alter my priorities? <laughs> I'm telling you, church and weekends and Sundays and time off and family and then it's a conference, then it's this. I mean, that like interrupts your time and your personal sacrifice. And that's the first level. That's the baby level. Because God is asking you, can you tithe? Can you put me first? That's your first temptation. You're not ready for the kingdom of God if God can't change your diary and He can't change your desire and He can't change your time and your schedule. Because it's all this personal. I mean, Jesus could. I mean, where does he throw him? He throws him with my need. So what does he say to you? Oh, the Lord knows that we need to go and pay now Edgar's again. So him, Ed, Edgar's is where you tithe. Look, everybody tithes. It's either, you're either giving it or it's leaving your account. <laughs> everybody tithes, honey. Everybody. Your worship is just that clear water. And you're trusting that you can have a clear vision out of clear water. Oh, the pastor's well, I'm telling you. <laughs> Jesus gives him scripture. But it is, he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Until the word of God becomes your priority. Because the word of God, one word from God this morning can change your life. Because when you come in here and you brought your sacrifice and you said, God, this is costing me. I am looking for a word of how you can redirect my life and show me out of the trouble that I am in. God's word will direct you. But you must make his word your priority. We're not just singing seek first the kingdom for nothing. I am telling you, I struggled with the scripture my whole life. Because I'm a businessman and I come from out of business and I'm saying, but do you understand I'm going to need money to run this church? I'll help you. God says, seek first the kingdom. The years being given to know the message of the kingdom. Now seek first the kingdom and all these things. Your father knows you need it. I'm like, I, I'm tired of hearing that. I stop fasting and praying because he gives me the same scripture every time. I don't want to hear that. I want to pull that scripture, that, that one out of the Bible. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added. How? Does it make sense? In your carnal mind. Someone came to me, some pastors, and said, tell me why you're doing this thing for Dr. Winston. What's your benefit? Can I ask, the question was, this is a carnal question. 
Can I ask why you would do this for Dr. Winston? What does it benefit your church? How many people come down to your church? Why aren't you advertising your church? Why are they paying you for it? I said, none of the above. Then why do you do it? I said, can I ask you then a spiritual question? Do you know what an altar is? Do you understand sacrifices goes around an altar? Do you know that God receives it and the power begins to fall on God's people? Your carnality is your problem. How many people? No, no, let's, let's plant the church here because we've got so many people in this area. So give me the demographics. I say, yeah, around here I got the river down there and there's a bullfrog in there and there's some tadpoles and I heard there's some kind of fish. That's all I got. The rest, God's going to have to send some people here and sustain this thing. But all I know is uh, I was called to raise an altar right here in Reimsach. So the worship can come from here. Can somebody praise the Lord? Some people travel far every morning to be here. Speaking to my doctor, he says, Max, when I was in, in, in Canada studying, I feel not, I have no sympathy for anybody that says I have to travel 30, 40, 40 minutes to a church. He says, I drove four hours to the place on a Sunday morning and four hours back. And God gave me a word at that church. It was sacrifices. I went to the place that God had for me. It, he gave me strategies for my, for my business and accountants and God. Just one word from God. The problem is you're putting your need before the word of God and it becomes a problem for you and your business. And so anytime I find somebody who can't even tithe and will be on leadership, I want to serve you. I said, let me see. Huh? Where's your tithe? Here's a broom. Don't pretend around here. And I can tell you why certain people, they think it's God's fault, yet it's their own. Because they think that God's trying to hold the blessing from them. It's not true. It's the fact that you are not understanding that the first thing, that when you come into the kingdom of God, the kingdom idea, it changes your thinking. It's going to arrest what's going on in your mind. It's going to change your priorities because there's a real reason why he wrote it this way. Seek. Because the kingdom will never seek you. You must go and seek the kingdom. Number two, here's the second word. First. First. Is the reason why? Because you know there's so many other priorities. You, you, you'll throw the kingdom somewhere. Oh, oh, are we going to church this morning? Ish, do you have anything in your, in your pocket? It's offering time. Really? That's not the priority. That's leftovers. I'm telling you why some people aren't moving up. Because God can't arrest their personal space at all. Yeah, but I must tithe. Yeah, but I must first go and buy that Man United top. You see what I'm saying? Uh, that, was, that was just for Soraya. Don't worry. It's just for her. You, you don't come up here, take the mic, and come talk about Man United and Liverpool. You don't do that yet. You will never walk alone. I am your apostle. I love you. He's going to touch your money. He's going to interrupt it. And he's going to ask you, can you deal with that? So the first temptation is he comes to Jesus on his personal level. It's one level. It's Jeroboam, eight years old and understanding, or, or 16 years old, and understanding that God deals with you personally first. If you can't change at that level, you will watch other people possess stuff and go into places and become 
because it's first personal. So you've come to church, but it's first personal. We drove all the way from the south to the church at Rhema every day. Pastor Ray today has been handing over the church to Josh, and it's such a blessing to see that, that transition. But we drove from the south every day, every Sunday. And then, of course, maybe twice a week for different classes. And so. We did it. It was sacrifices. I can tell you that I got so many stories about just even when, when I got my final check as a businessman and my call center, and I'm like, <laughs> we're paying the salaries. We're two payments behind on the house. We got this car. We're there, there, there. The Lord wakes up at 2 o'clock in the morning and says, that money is not yours. I want you to go and give this amount of money to Clefro Dollar Ministries. And then do that for the salaries, pay them there, pay one account here, do this here, da, da. He gives me a clear instruction, even with the 90%. Well, it wasn't 10% I gave him, it was more than that. And I woke up the morning, and by 8 o'clock I was there at the ministry, and I wrote out the check, and I walked away crying. And I went to the Lord and said, I know I heard you, but you need to tell me how this thing works. I can tell you with a guarantee, I would not be standing here today if I didn't do that thing that day. Well, it's a test of my personal money. Because it's called a sacrifice. And with that sacrifice, there is up an altar. And God could come in and direct us with vision and direction and all that we have. And every level you go to, you ask every successful man. It's levels. Anyone, a successful life is built on the many altars of sacrifice. Every step you go into, there's a new sacrifice. So let's watch the next step. Then, we've got to up the ante with Jesus. We can't just have him on this level because he's dealt with his appetites, his desires, and all that. He can, he can fast if he needs to fast. You can't move me off because of and, and, and my personal, my flesh has been subdued. It's number one. Number two, look what Matthew is showing. Then the devil took him up in the, into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of what? Because the temple is your next step. Your next level is how you handle the holy things of the church. How you come and deal with the altar. How you treat the leaders I put in charge. How when, when I call you a bishop or a pastor and you walk past a piece of paper on the floor. I repent. I've got to remove you out of the way because you're not. You don't understand the altar. It's taken 17 years to come to this place. And I'm telling you now, I'd rather have the anointing than I have you. Don't you come and alter the altar because it was done like this in another church. If what I'm doing is unscriptural and, and biblical, go and report me. And Dr. Winston's the person to go to. But you give me, if I'm giving you scripture, the idea here is that when you walk in here, let the altar alter you. And some people come in here and like recycled old stuff. They come in with their problems, leave with their problems, come back next week and, and then, you know, God, it's like, why did you just break this thing? I command that thing this morning. That at the altar this morning, something's going to happen for somebody. Your addiction's going to break in this place because the altar is here for you because the power of the Holy Ghost is here for you. It's to break every chain. Why would you go to church? Why would you even bother? You're not going to take one note. You're not going to shout amen, hallelujah. You come to check me out. Yes, it's a new shirt and I'm okay. Thank you very much. Surely you want more than that. 
Surely you want the kind of breakthrough that if the word comes from, the, from your prophet and he's saying that this is elevation month, surely you're going to receive that word this morning and say, yes, God, yes in my life. He takes him to the temple because your temple is your next level. So I understand that the kingdoms come on a personal level. My priorities change. My weekends change. My relationships change. Certain people I used to go and hang out with doesn't, I mean, they, you know, they left me before I left them. When they heard I'm, I'm going to another altar. I'm not worshiping with you at the race course. I don't have one of them around me anymore. Because there's altars everywhere. And you must make up your mind which altar you worship at. Because it's shaping your spiritual DNA. It's a place that brings you victory and breakthrough and answers. You must come in here with an expectation. Because expectation, I, sometimes, I mean, I, I, I can see miracles and and and. But expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. You must walk in with expectation. You know that God can change this whole sermon for one woman's problem this morning. Just come in here and say, God, I'm in trouble. I need a word from the prophet this morning. And God must change my message to meet your need. Why? This is what the altar is all about. Happy birthday, Kalita. You are in a season of elevation. We bless the Lord for your life. Amen. Amen. And we've made the church about you coming in here and, you know, let's have a bazaar. How bizarre. I'll just blame it on that supplements I took this morning. Amen. Here's the temple. He knows, Satan knows, that every temple opens portals. If anybody's making a sacrifice, they're connecting with this thing. But he, they've come to test which altar he's going to. In the temptation. He takes him up and he says, put him at the temple. He says, now, I mean, he knew, he knew about it, right? Because he had killed all the boys two years and younger. So he's in the earth somewhere. And when this thing hits in the spiritual realm, they all awake. WhatsApp messages, it went viral. I mean, like everywhere that he's here. And he is fasting and praying. And so when Satan meets with him, he's first, it's personal. Then he moves him into the corporate place of worship. Because he knows at that temple, you can, you can have a building and it can be perverted worship. And so he can take Jesus, as famous as he would be. And here's what he says to him. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, you, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You think Satan doesn't know scripture? He's been to church more than you, man. Jesus said to him, it is written again. What is he asking for? Now here's where worship becomes really interesting, Aaron. Is because, you see son, I can take this miracle. Let's just take me. And I can go and start a whole ministry just on how I got healed. He's asking me to put up a performance he asked Jesus, Jesus to perform something. And anytime you get into a performance, you're out of the will of God. 
you don't understand the temple. Because we came here to make sure that he gets all the praise and you're going to clap your hands for Jesus. Come on, this is about him. We haven't come to be entertained. We haven't come here to make sure that we look at you. We want to see Jesus. And everybody in this church said, Amen. And this is what the world is doing. They want to make you famous. And not give the fame and the glory to Jesus. And the people use altars to do that. We pray that God blesses and touches and revives hill songs in a real special way. You be careful with the amount of people that come and say, oh, you're so wonderful. Let all the glory go to Jesus. Can somebody wave their hands? Don't take credit for what Jesus has done. Come on, be humble enough to bless him this morning. Let that pride break from your life and say, Lord, the glory belongs to you. I'm going to give you one scripture to help you understand this this morning. When God does something to you, you see, you see, son, when I say to you that I'm not against education, my problem is that if education doesn't filter through the cross in the temple, the children come out perverted with different identities and histories and kind of strange spirits. And their destiny is perverted. It's derailed. I don't have a problem with business. Neither does God. Because I will tell you that on that on the third level. But the problem is that does it filter through the cross? Because Jesus was given options. He was given alternatives into a place of where he didn't even have when he was, when he was in his Gethsemane hour, even the, all his disciples were sleeping. Nevertheless, God, not my will, your will be done. I'm pushing a kingdom idea. If you don't understand the kingdom of God, you will always push your agenda and your idea. But the kingdom comes first and then the will of God is done next. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Got it? He says, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again. <laughs> One level. Two, three. I'm not just going to deal with you. So now, Jesus is clear about his agenda with, with himself. He's come to do the will of the God. Next, he's got to deal with the temple. And anything that's a, a violation of the temple, he's going to go in there, he's going to beat them. He's going to beat the hell out of them and throw them out. But he's gonna, the, the temple's going to become a house of prayer. So Satan realizes, I can't get him at the temple either. He says, okay, I tell you what we're going to do. Let's up the, the game with him. Let's take him to a high mountain. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain. And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Every kingdom comes with glory. It's an expression of that kingdom. He bragged on it. He says to me, and he said to him, all these things, I will give you, I'll make you the CEO of my organization. I took this thing from Adam. I robbed him. Well, he didn't say that. But Jesus told him that he did. And he says, I took all of this and I built media. I built arts and entertainment. I built education. I built business. I built governments. I built family. And I built religion. I took this and I built all of these kingdoms. And I controlled them. They worship me. Now, if you worship me, look. He said to him, all these things I will give 
you if you fall down. He's also looking for worship. Every kingdom, every altar, it's about worship because worship is a place of exchange. If you give me your life, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What if a man gains the whole world yet loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Because you're worshipping somewhere. You're giving your soul somewhere. You're giving your money somewhere. You're giving your time somewhere. You're giving your talent somewhere. The third level was dealing with territory. He's the God of this world. Scripture's there. I don't, I don't have time for it. Scripture, He's the God of this world. So the curse is under every one of those altars. Jesus tells him, Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him alone shall you serve. Now please watch why people do not move forward with God. Number one, I make a personal adjustment. And as I started tithing, it was at one level, then my business started giving in the church and giving to ministries and setting up because as God led me, no manipulation, God told me to do it. I took it to the next level. Then I came into the church. And we were renting for the times. And God said to me, now give me your house and your pension and build this thing, put this thing together. Do whatever it takes to get this thing up. Because of my next level of sacrifice. If you give me your house, I'll give you the city. There is nobody, go to everyone that God's using, that has not got an exchange and a sacrifice at the altar that God, there's nobody that is genuinely elevated. And in time will tell some other people, but who's genuinely elevated, whether it comes from the kingdom of God, righteously or unrighteously, because what was Satan saying? You don't have to go through the cross to get your stuff. Take a shortcut. I can lie, I can cheat, I can steal, I can do whatever, and I can look like I've got the title, but in the, in the church, the altar, yeah, the temple, will make sure that you don't violate the process. If you have a righteous man standing before you. If you have a God-fearing man in the altar that is actually making sure that the kingdom is moving forward, I, 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 I cannot violate you. If you don't want to give, I'll never come to your house and come and ask you for money. God, by His grace, I've never had to run to anybody who said, can you please help me? What God took away, when He took away, we lost a lot, man. Poor mistakes. I took consequences for stuff that I'd done. But my face before God, like a David, always come back to the altar and say, tell me what it is, I've missed something. You look at David, the first time he becomes king, he goes after the presence of God and he brings the altar, the Ark of the Covenant in. Because what David could not rule without the presence of God on the third level. You can't go into and have a media company without the presence of God. You can't go and do things in territories without the presence of God. What do you think you are doing when you come in here? You came here to get your assignment for your destiny. You got a history. This is your identity. But here's your destiny. I can't go in there onto this mountain without the presence of God. A God will never give you a future that makes him obsolete in your life type that out on social media he will never give you a future that makes him obsolete in your life never 
I'm telling you now, it's in the house of God. Let me tell you. Um, oh Lord, you'll help me. From Abraham to David, the altar, you, mu- you, must, res- you must get a fresh respect for the altar. A fresh reverential fear of the Lord must come upon us. It's my desire. You understand that when David went and got the Ark of the Covenant, the first move he made was wrong. God said, don't put this on a new cart for me. On the shoulders of the sons is what the kingdom rests on. You don't make this thing up. This is the kingdom of God. David comes in there. David makes a sacrifice. And they take six steps. He makes another sacrifice and he's worshipping God. And David is dancing before the Lord. And the Bible says his wife stood and looked at David and says, You're acting like a foolish, a base fellow. Who do you think you are dancing out in front of the people like you're somebody ordinary? David says, I'm not, I'm dancing before the Lord. What's my worship got to do with you, woman? And the Bible says he called her, the Bible doesn't mention it as David's wife anymore. She became Saul's daughter, Saul who doesn't know the presence of God. And the Bible says she remained barren for the rest of her days. Don't you ignore what the fruitfulness of of an altar can bring you. And some of you need to understand. Hannah went and made a vow at the temple. Some of you are barren, things that you're asking God for financially, maybe physically, whatever. Your vow before God is needed. God's waiting because why must I stand and pray for you here and bless your business? And then you take it and go and serve it at another altar when we're done. Shouldn't there be a return here? I'll give you scripture. Please put up, add Genesis chapter 14, verse 14, please. Abraham raises an altar. Lot is hanging around him. He doesn't know a thing about altars. He never raised an altar. He doesn't understand sacrifice. He's only getting the benefit of being with Abraham. You don't understand. People can hang around you just because they're getting blessed. But they haven't. They're clueless about the altar. Abraham raises an altar. God gives him 318 servants. Watch now. One man, a moon worshiper, sacrificing children and an altar. God calls him from that altar to a righteous altar. He says, come and serve you. I'll make your name great. You'll become a great nation. Anybody that curses you, I'll curse them. Everybody that blesses you, I will bless. But I will distinguish you. I'll separate you from the world. I'll make you great. The curse won't touch you. Abraham then goes, he hasn't got his own children yet. He goes and he he trains up 318 leaders. Watch this. Now when Abraham, so Lot gets taken captive from the altar, Abraham's crying out to God and saying, you need to save Lot. Now you went into Sodom and Gomorrah. So when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house. What is that? That's 318 of you that need to be trained up in the house of God. So it's personal first for Abraham. Now everybody else is being trained around the altar. Now watch their response. Level one is Abraham. Level two, he's now got the temple, the the sacrifice. Watch. We're born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them at night and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. So he brought back, what is the purpose? the altar. You come back with your testimony. 
You come back with the people that were saved. You come back with the contracts and the goods and you give God the praise and the glory. You don't go and hide your stuff and say, this is for me and my... You don't do that. You honor God with your tithe and your offering because on a personal level, it's done. Now at a temple level, when God sends me out, I do come back. Come on, somebody. You are not like the raven that left Noah and never came back. You need to come back. Watch. He brought back his brother Lot and his goods as well as the woman and the people. The purpose for you, we sending you out is to come back with a testimony of people that got saved and delivered and set free. That God has used you to love on people. Come on. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shah. And he's returned from, from the defeat of, of the kings who were with him. Next verse. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. That is today communion. And he was the priest of God Most High. What did he do? He blessed him. And said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven, of, of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. You were supposed to return with some evidence that the blessing is on you. That's a, that's a weak amen after all that we are preaching. Let me end. Here's the point. Personal, temple, territory. The mountain you were called to possess. Education, whatever thing God called you to do. You can't go in there without understanding what happens in the temple. The sacrifice that was made for this temple. Not me, Jesus. Let's end. Let me show you the power of an altar. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 12. Some of you are struggling with many things. I think my time is up. Was there anything else? Huh. Oh yeah, I do. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Hmm. So, no, no, go back to Revelation chapter 5 and verse 12. You didn't just get saved to go to heaven. You were saved to go and take territory. God chose you so that you can go into some mountain and possess the thing that Satan offered Jesus. You were supposed to take your gift in there. But you weren't going to go alone. What do you need this morning from this altar? Because he was slain, read with me. In heaven, end of Revelations, this is what he says. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. That's your sacrifice. So he put himself on that altar, raised it up, put himself on that altar, and God raised him up. The power came and raised him up. What comes from an altar that Jesus, that honors Jesus? Number one, to receive power. Two, riches. Three, wisdom. Four, strength. Five, honor. Six, glory. Seven, blessing. When you honor Him, He pushes back on you whatever you need on any one of those seven. That's just the beginning. You need strength this morning. I said, God, you are my strength. I worship Him and I receive His strength. Some of you are in trouble financially. The Bible says if you're in trouble, 
ask for wisdom. You can worship this morning. Say, Father, my answer this morning and my sacrifice, I need your worship this morning. As I worship you, I need your wisdom this morning upon my family. Come on, somebody. Somebody needs power this morning to walk and break that addiction. You can break it here this morning because there's power at the altar of a living God. Come on, bring up the worship team. What is glory? What is glory? When God made man, He cut a piece of Himself, His own cloth, and He put it into man. Man is made in His own image. So when this man sinned, when this man messed up, He could not kill him because he'd be killing a part of himself. He had to redeem him. So the worst sinner in this place and anybody online, there is something in you which is called the glory of God that you don't yet know who you are, sir. Because when we come into a place like this, we are looking past the dirt. We are looking for the gold because inside of you is glory and your life is going to bring God glory. There's something about your gift. There's something about your life. There's something about who you are. There's a reason why you're here this morning because there's some glory. So even the trouble you go through, all God was doing was extracting some glory. I know I had some enemies that said, I wish he dies. Oh, he's not going to make it. Ah, shame. I, listen to me. Don't you ever use that word ever again. You listen to what I'm saying to you. Because for your shame, you're going to get double honor according to the word of God. It comes out from you. And blessing. There is nothing that you need from the world. The world needs you. What is the problem? You've not altered your life for the altar. You want the altar to preach what suits you. Yet there's everything that you're looking for is in here. What's the problem, sir? Nobody's making a demand. Somebody can break off any kind of addiction right here. It's power. I believe it. The reason why I raised an altar for Dr. Winston or whatever, I believe it. I believe it can change someone's life. I believe that you are, listen to me, if you understand the power of the altar, you will never go back to a grave to, to, to even be concerned at 12 o'clock at midnight you must throw salt over your head and you come in by the door. Like, who the hell taught you that nonsense? This altar is so powerful. Come on. There's power in the name of Jesus. I need somebody to praise Him this morning and give Him some glory. Come on. Everybody shout power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, blessing. That's just entry-level stuff at the altar. Woo. Build your church. Woo. Build your church. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. It's your church. 
Matthew chapter 28 verse 16 I'm done Stay, keep standing Don't, we, we're done we're gonna somebody that needs to receive Jesus Christ you're gonna move away from that altars you must be born again otherwise you cannot see the kingdom of God there are altars everywhere and the only reason why people are perishing is because they're serving or ignorant of the altar they've been under you break that thing when you get saved you get translated into another kingdom you don't have to go look at that other kingdom of what who did what this is the most powerful altar. There isn't any higher. There is no other name by which man must be saved. There is no other name given amongst men that man must be saved. There's a name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow, every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now you need to be born again. You need to come to the kingdom of God and let the Spirit of God take over. Doctrines of demons and being blown away around by every kind of wind of doctrine just get born again understand the altar and you build something new build a new altar don't waste your time chasing devils if you can just build an altar the devil must flee if i submit myself to god i can resist the devil and he must flee you can't be chasing devils your whole life you have an assignment there's money waiting for you. It's riches. Riches. Hey, us help for you, man. If you're not committed to an altar, why must he give you riches? You're not going to come back and honor him. He knows it. You make a vow to him. You give your life to him. Let him start changing your address spiritually. Then change your time. Change your calendar. Change your budget. Put him on top. There's things I've sacrificed that I said before Dr. Pastor David Winston goes back to America. Tell my father I haven't seen him in two years. And here's my offering. I got things I need to do, but this belongs to the altar. And tell him this is I we're making as a family sacrifices. It's personal. And when you start to spend money like that, some people get crazy, right? But here's the end game. What Judas would never see because he violated the temple. He got hung. Because he would violate and not manage what he needs to manage here. Sells Jesus, betrays him. We are now between the cross and Pentecost. So 40 days Jesus stays in the earth. He shows the disciples that went through personal level of giving up their business, following Jesus, taught them around the temple. Now, the final stop. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. Took them into the territory and said, let me tell you why I came. I came with a kingdom idea. And now, 
When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me. Where? In heaven and on earth. Go, therefore. He's not sending you alone. He's sending you with power, with riches, with wisdom, with honor, with glory, with blessing and strength into those mountains. Into every mountain. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He's not just saying, well, you and I are going to hang together. I'm with you. Go, I'm with you. He's saying, no. When I'm next to you and I'm in you, do you know what I died for? Do you need power this morning? I got it. You want riches this morning? I got it. You need wisdom this morning. I got it. We're going to get some glory from the situation. I got you, son. I got you. We're going to bring honor to God with your life. Where there was shame, there'll be double honor on God's, God's people. I'm, I'm with you always. I, the, um, his word and his altar. You ask yourself this morning, why is it, at what level are you? Is there personal adjustments you're making? Not. Is there adjustment at the temple level? Yes, no. Do you understand why some people bypass all of this and say, I want to teach and I, I'm called to this mountain. No, 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 you go through the cross. You go through the temple. You lay your gift down at the, at the altar. Every head bowed and eye closed. You must be born again, otherwise you cannot see the kingdom of God. Please, I'm here to help somebody. Understand that. You must be born again. I don't have... Uh, Pastor, I'm, 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 I got addiction and let, let me first clean me up and then I'll come to God. You don't first clean the fish and catch, then catch them. You first catch a fish and then you clean them. You will never be able to tithe until you can, afford to tithe until you begin to tithe. You can't walk break free from addiction until you have the Holy Ghost and power on the inside of you and say, I'm not accepting this lifestyle anymore. You break from your world when you come into His world. You're building a brand new altar for your family, for your home, and for your destiny. If you're not born again, this is your moment. If you're far from the altar and far from God, this is your moment. I'm not begging anybody. I'm, I'm just asking you, will you make right to the Lord this morning? Hands lifted for those that need to make right to the Lord this morning and say, I just need to adjust my life. God, work inside of me. Any hands? The hands are up. The hands are up. The hands are up. Thank you. Anybody online, if you need to, if you need to make right to the Lord, pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe you died on the cross for a sinner like me. Come into my life. Come and change me. Come and live inside of me. Give me the power to overcome in every area of my life. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Take my time. 
take my money, but do something with my life. I love you, Lord, and I receive you today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. Let's have communion together as a family. First Sunday of the week, you are in the month of elevation. God's about to bring somebody into their destiny like never before. Honor God at different levels. Honor God at every level. Submit to God at every level. Come to the Lord and say, Father, this is, be honest with God. I need power for this next level. I need to come into my purpose or just personal adjustments. We all know there's personal struggles, there's fight temptations to be tempted is not a sin that's not the issue it's what you do with it we grow through them all temptations to quit to take another route to go somewhere else, we all have it but you need to grow through your temptations let the devil go to hell but you're going to grow and become all that God has called you to be the next level is the church how do you handle the altar here? How important is that, that, that these lights are on? He said, bring your tithe into the storehouse so that there'll be meat in my house. So we can send a message out across the globe. That's why we're here. Does God feature in your money, in your budget? Or is it the church an afterthought? Because I can tell you what your priority is. The kingdom's not your priority. Now please hear me, there's no condemnation. I was there. I was the businessman struggling with money and reordering my life. That God could come at a place when I am now born again, what? 20, 25, 26 years? That when God says, don't buy that thing now, sow this money here, I can still do it. Because He didn't capture me now. He captured me when I was a little kid. When I struggled with, with, with a few thousand to give to a ministry. He had me there already. So I trust nobody that God has not really arrested, broken, and said, it's over. I mean, Aaron knows. It's taken only about 16 years for her to change. That's why God's doing what he's doing. I'm kidding. I shouldn't have mentioned the name. We've done enough of that, Aaron. You and I. But it's good at the top, right? In a mountain. Commanding a space. Working on budgets that's crazy. Doing stuff that is shifting. Things for the kingdom. But God didn't trust, doesn't trust her there. He had to trust the year. In a double garage, can she actually change so that she can grow? We all come through. So please know clearly that the promotion with your father, he loves you, but he's not an irresponsible father. He doesn't put a, he won't give you a driver's license because you go, Africa, me, bro. You know I must do it. Yeah. This is kingdom, buddy. I mean, I'm in a hurry to get to the, to the doctors on Friday. And I, of course, like, enjoying the idea of driving. And, sh and the next minute, he is, jumps. In the she like, come, come, buddy. You come and see. That's how much move. And your license? Oh, 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 expired. I'm like, look, I've been sick for a little while. But my license is in here, and I pull out in the cubby hole. I said, I just don't have the disc in its place. But I, I got my license. I'm sorted. Here's my driver's license. We're good. He says, yeah, but I still got you. Still got you. 
Come see, come see. I said, I'm not coming to see. Come out. I'm not coming out. Well, we have to write you. I said, okay. Comes to this. What are you going to do about this? I said, you must do what you need to do, my brother. You're writing tickets. I must pay. Ah, here's your license. Just go. You can't even write. You just lay. You can't even write out the... F- Come on, man. You thought I'm going to give you something. I said, it's okay, my brother. Do what you need to do. I'm going to do what I have to do. Do your job. I do mine. But there's riches that will even sort out. No, Quentin, I didn't say be irresponsible driving like that thing. I didn't say that. Just now they said, no, the pastor said, no, people can. And they use me in their homes and use my name in vain. And and, an apostle said, you mustn't do that anymore, please. You know, I'm preaching once a week. And so I just keep you a little while. So it's okay. Let's have communion. Please hear me today. What God has blessed, no man can curse. So if there's an altar raised up against your family name anywhere, you don't go and put bricks under your bed because of tokolosh. I mean, how does a bricks going to help you? You need to say Jesus. Can somebody say Jesus? Jesus. Demons flee at the sound of that name. Every curse is reversed. It's broken already because his body was broken. Poverty is broken. You got riches. Now walk it out, man. You will not have shame. Where there's been shame and the enemy tried to bring shame to your name, there's double honor in the season. Why? We're serving at this altar. We have a savior. We have blood that was shed for us. He was slain for us so that we can walk in victory. Amen. Somebody say Jesus. And receive your healing. Amen. His body was broken for you. This changes your history. For if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. You are healed by his stripes. You are saved by His blood. Now receive His forgiveness. And let's get into a new day. Amen. Come on, just lift your hands. Father, we just bless you this morning. Thank you for the altar that is altered in our lives. We thank you today for every son and daughter. Arise and shine, son and daughter, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. You will be noted. You will find you will have victory in the marketplace, victory in your family, victory in your home in the name of Jesus for your head is now lifted above your enemies in the name of Jesus come on receive that right now you are victorious you have overcome now walk out everything that God has ordained and purpose for your life come on receive the power Receive the riches. Receive the wisdom that you need. Receive the strength, the glory, and the honor, and the blessing of the Lord that rests upon you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, glory be to God. Clap your hands if you can. We are receiving an offering. We're receiving that offering. So let us 
Just getting the time of worship online. You are connected to this altar. Somebody listening for the first time. Put your offering on. You, everybody, we all have to do it for our own homes. It's a place of sacrifice, your offering, your, and we bring a blessing upon you this morning. Let's receive it. Amen. You will be filled. This is the kingdom. This is the kingdom. This is the kingdom of heaven. You will be filled. You will be filled. You will be Father, now lift your hands even as you pay and your others are swiping still and we're receiving an offering. Father, I pray a blessing upon your people. Every curse is reversed already. It happened at the cross. You are now blessed. You are highly favored. You are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You have power to overcome in every area of your life. If you need wisdom this morning, it's here for you. If you want the position in the kingdom of God to, to bring Him glory and honor, God's going to move you there in the season. As your life changes, it is for the glory of God. Now receive the favor of the Lord. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I see you accelerating. I see God elevating you in the season. I announce and pronounce a fresh blessing upon you and your family. And you will walk in victory all the days of your life. And everybody shouted a good amen. Let's go rejoicing this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Good job.